0: Welcome to Money 911, the ultimate financial rescue mission. I'm Chris Miller, fearless host on this epic journey to financial freedom and living life to the fullest. Buckle up as we unlock the secrets to breaking free from money blocks and transforming our relationship with wealth. Meet your incredible guest, Laura Davis, a financial guru, fearless therapist will guide us on a thrilling ride of financial empowerment and mindfulness. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, dreamers, this is your call to action. Get ready to shatter limitations, embrace the now, and conquer your financial dreams like never before. Are you ready for a money makeover that will leave you breathless and inspired? Tune in to Money 911 where we make the impossible possible and turn financial stress into boundless success. Get ready to take charge of your destiny and seize the life you deserve. Let's ignite the fire within and embrace the adventure ahead. But before we start, I want to share a little bio about my guest. Laura Davis is a financial advisor for almost a decade and she has been helping people overcome their money blocks and transform their financial lives. Her fun education-based approach is accessible to everyone whether they're just starting out or miles down their path to financial wellness. She teaches people to optimize their financial lives while acknowledging We're working with an imperfect system. While understanding the technical aspects of money is critical, including investing, taxes, insurance, and estate planning, the biggest determinant of success when it comes to your money is behavior and the knowledge that drives it. Her approach is part of financial expert and part therapist. She's passionate about helping people overcome overwhelm with their money. Please welcome my guest, Laura Davis. Welcome everybody to Money 911, where we talk about health, wealth, and peace of mind. And right now we're talking about Money 911. Imagine that. Imagine, hey, I want you to check this out. You've already heard the bio about my beautiful guest. And Lori, I ask my guests, give me, you know, a theme or a topic. And this is what she's, she sent to me. She says, you're not going to die tomorrow. How to save for your financial future while living for today. Right. Now we really don't know if we're going to, how long we're going to be here. So that's why you want to have it all figured out now right laura but yes that's such a cool that's a cool title and i want to welcome you for joining us today
1: oh thank you so much for having me and yeah i had forgotten chris that i had written that that's that's interesting yeah do you want me to expand on it a little bit yeah, go right ahead that's fine yeah so as you all know by now, I'm a financial advisor and a lot of my clients have this conflict about whether to live for today or save for tomorrow. And a lot of us have trouble, you know, especially here in the United States, we have a lot of trouble talking about death. It's just a very uncomfortable topic. You've realized this, right, Chris, like with oh, it, yeah. in all your dealings with people. Absolutely. And so when, but as a financial professional, when we're talking with people, we have to bring up these uncomfortable topics. And it's stuff that people don't really like to contemplate because no one really wants to contemplate their own demise. And part of it is that if you think really long-term like that, you know, you start feeling really overwhelmed and like, how am I ever going to make my life work? How am I going to save enough? How am I going to do enough? And sometimes it's just easier to say, well, you know, I could live tomorrow. So I really don't have to pay attention to that future stuff. And, and you know, study after study shows that people who are long-term thinkers who think that, you know, they, who think in those like 5, 10, 20 longer term timelines are more successful. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So it's not great when you, when you say, you know, I, I, I'm just gonna, because the likelihood, like I like to plan for the most likely scenario and the most likely scenario is that you'll live well into your eighties or nineties and that you'll have a very long fulfilling life. And so that's what we want to plan for. We don't want to plan for you getting hit by a bus tomorrow.
0: No, absolutely. You know, when I first started my practice 33 years ago, I started, I do revocable living trusts So I'm an estate planner and Talk about talking about death,
1: right? Uh, All day, every day for you.
0: But I learned from that experience how to make it fun. And that's why my business is called Healthy Money, Happy Life. Like changing the mindset, right? Around the money. And that's what's disempowered people. I ran your, just for fun, I ran your title. And I'm not, you know, some AI nerdy person, but just for fun, I ran your title in through the AI thing just to see, you know, to shorten it. And, and here's what it came out with saving for the future without sacrificing the present.
1: Isn't that oh my cool? gosh. Isn't that the chat GPT figure that out?
0: Yeah. That's the, I said, give me a title for the show and consolidate what you had said. Now I plan for 120. Okay. That's how, that's how I plan. You, you have, do? I do. When you have longevity, Right when you think longevity, like some people, they like, oh, I'm going to die at 80. Well, go right ahead. Only God knows, right? But there's something about, like, there's a study even about people that have annuities when they know they have a guaranteed income, they live longer, right?
1: So wow, an study
0: around that.
1: So I bet the insurance companies aren't happy about that because they are banking on you dying early.
0: Right. Well, right, right. Well, not every, not everybody. You know, gets that or understands it because the money myth has been so disguised and only certain topics are allowed to be on the, you know, the mainstream. But, you know, and I know in your practice, you have the same experience, like, you know, counseled over 6,000 people and 33 years. And in that time, I've done more mindset conversations with people than applications, right? Yes. The money masteries, like, breaking free from these blocks and and the relationship with money i think that is what inhibits people from longevity planning
1: right yes yeah it's it is so important to try to change your mindset from money is controlling me to money is a tool that i control a tool right right so so but that is but that is really difficult because a lot of us grew up with scarcity mindsets you know we grew up with with parents who were always scrambling or yeah. you know or or parents who had their own money mindsets cuz of you know that that greatest generation is the silent generation is now the depression babies are now you know they are dying but their but their children are still very much part of the narrative out there about you know that that scarcity mindset and and the fact is that you know if you think on a broader level there's plenty of money in the world. There's plenty of resources to go around.
0: There's plenty for everybody. And that scarcity—it's yes. actually something that I think is imposed upon people. You know, gen- like you said, generationally, and and so there's really an art of financial wellness. And yes, right. And yes, I, right. And I'm sure you've got. Give us a few practical tips, right? And how people can embrace that imperfection and use that because money is an instrument. It's an energy. It's a tool. It's actually just a piece of paper that's not even gold back. So, hello,
1: (laughs) right. It's, it's just numbers on a screen, isn't it? It's just like, there's, there's nothing else to it. So I'm a numbers person. I actually really love numbers. And, and I, and I have this dichotomy between, between the numbers and the and the mindset piece. So what I love to do is to help people understand their values. So I think it's really really important especially now when all of us are bombarded with all of this messaging all day long right. and you can't help but think that maybe I need to be doing that, maybe I need to be buying that, maybe I need to be going this place, maybe I need to have my relationship look like that. You know, all these things and and the most important first step is to get a really good hold on what it is that's important to you personally outside of all the noise. So, and I don't shame people ever for the things that they want. You know, if if what you really want is to own a boat, if what you really want is to, you know, have a big house or or have some or have a nice car, you know, none of those things are bad inherently. You know, I think there's a lot of guilt around money. But I think the practical thing to do at the very beginning, and what anybody can do, regardless of where they are in their financial journey, is they can sit down and really try to start clarifying their value system. And when they make purchasing decisions, you know, just think: Is this reflective of my values, or is it not? And and I use this example of for me, like I don't like store brand toilet paper. Okay, so. <laughs> So like I spend the extra few dollars or whatever on Charmin, but that's a conscious choice that I make. It's my value system. It's what I like to use, right? So, so there's, try not to judge yourself for your choices, but try to just really understand whether it's coming from the outside or whether it's something that you really want on the inside.
0: Right, right. And the, you know, there's a lot of self-reflection in there because, I mean, you go to school, you learn how to make money, you get out of school, what do you do? Go make yeah. money. Most people give money to somebody else like you or me to put somewhere and then they don't want to know about it. Like i last ask people, right. I've looked at thousands of portfolios and i go, where's your 401k? And they're, oh, it's a, and they name some big company, but they're really embarrassed because they don't know. And I go, where, where's it invested? Oh, it's an IRA or a 401k. Yeah, right. That's the qualification, but what is it in? And they don't know.
1: And they don't know. And they don't yes. want to know. Right? Well, right. Because it's <laughs> because a lot of us live in that place where we think that it's gonna be scarier to know than the anxiety that keeping our head buried in the sand causes. So right. another action item, and to your point, you know, this is something that constantly sort of surprises me is that people don't actually know where their money is. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, "Could I name all of my accounts?" and people have a lot more accounts than actually what they need and and my book that I recently came out with talks about this. You know, what accounts do you really need? Do you need all these pieces all over the place or are most of us okay with just a handful of accounts? And most of us are usually okay with just a handful right. of accounts.
0: Right. You know, there's there's a combination of living in the present,
1: but Mm. investing
0: in the future, which is saving for the future without sacrificing the present. It's the same. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then balancing the life today. Well, right now, I think people need to kind of draw in a little bit. I mean, because my opinion is we're in a turning. Right. Everything is shifting. And. The powers that be are trying to create one currency and one medical and, you know, the whole one world concept that's being driven down people's media ports, right? But the point is you, people got to be aware. That's why this is money 911. You've got to have safe money. You've got, it's just like, I live in California, right? We have fires here. I have a to go bay. Right or earthquakes, right? You have right yes or floods or whatever out there in Atlanta where you are. So you got to be prepared. And you, I used to tell people, well, you know, six month rainy day money. Now I'm going, you should have a year at least,
1: right? And I think so. Post pandemic, that really hit home because because six months at, at the start of the pandemic right. turned out not to be enough. Not you know we we were all we were all still financially right. insecure right. and i think we're still feeling reverberations of that in people's careers oh, in yeah. their life journey you know their decisions around family and kids and where they're going to live and so yeah it is it is so important to get a handle on where you are now and i think actually that most people may be better off than they think that they are if they could actually run the numbers. So so when I said earlier that I'm a numbers person, what I like to do with numbers is use them as a reassuring tool. So basically, you know, laying out that plan for financial independence and saying, you know, as long as you save x and spend y and invest in this way and retire at x date, You should be just fine. Like you shouldn't be living in a cardboard box, barring a zombie apocalypse, which none of us can control, right? And so why are we going to plan for that, right? We're going to, again, we're going to plan for the most likely scenario. But oftentimes I find that when I show my clients those numbers, they breathe a sigh of relief because they're like, oh, I can do that. And maybe it's not too late. Maybe I can do something. You know, in worst case scenario, maybe I have to work a couple more years than I want to, or maybe I have to invest a little bit more aggressively than I was originally comfortable with, or maybe I have to spend a little bit less and save a little bit more, whatever it is. But I think that that really facing those numbers square in the face makes it so that you can breathe that sigh of relief when you're looking at all of your financial planning and you can't avoid it. You know, you avoid it and then you wake up at 65 and then you come into my office and you're like, I have nothing. And then we sit down and I say, we, you have to make some really, really hard choices now. Like past you made these choices that are now forcing present you into a very, very difficult, uncomfortable situation. So yeah. It's,
0: and it is a financial psychology that that's mm-hmm. and i didn't really realize in the beginning years and and the behavior and financial success and like you were talking about what we're being fed by the media of like you need all these things to be happy now in my you know going through decades of my life and coming to the my money is you my money is my heart connections with people yes you know, that, That's what I take. I take that with me where it can't crash. It's not going to crash. It's not going to go away. It's with me. And I get to take that everywhere when I get to meet a beautiful person, right? Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, and you can do it with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it birch gold will help you convert an existing ira or 401k into an ira in gold you don't pay a penny out of pocket as brics brazil russia india china and south africa band together against the dollar more and more central banks are diversifying you know what they're buying gold follow their lead and visit Birchgold Gold backslash Money911 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Visit Birch Gold backslash Money911. Take action today.
1: Isn't that so nice when you have that deep level of security? Yeah. You know, and you don't get that deep level of security chasing things that you think you should want. Um, you only get it by really honing in and understanding what it is that makes you tick you know just like in the same way that you've figured it out
0: exactly and the money and the emotions you know the emotions is sort of heaped on us by you know the world or being born into this every the system of everything and how how do you overcome that like how do you overcome that you know you're what your mother said and your friends said and it, it takes time you have to take time out of your life and on you know take an hour on a sunday i had a really neat one i was a speaker at the in washington dc to the financial officers association the guys that handle the billions and trillions of dollars and and the director was a very you know fancy group of people that are agents for the government yeah you're right and and i'm going how many of you guys are ready for retirement crickets (gasps) oh no two percent of these is the guys that are handling the billions and trillions and i go okay and then and the director is standing right by me and 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 i looked at him kind of like with a big question mark goes we're busy taking care of other people's money
1: I mean, no. didn't the Pentagon just lose like $2 trillion? They have Whoops. no idea what happened to Whoops. it. Like, Whoops. it's just, so, no, no so accounting. no. No. Yeah, right. it is it's, it is so interesting. You know, I, I have clients who work in financial services, right? They They work at a large bank or they work, you know, in a commercial lending institution or whatever it is. And they don't know anything about personal finance, right? right? And so like those guys said, I mean, it sounds like we're a little skeptical as to how well they were taking care of other people, but it is true that that no matter what industry you're in, you usually put your own personal financial life on the back burner. Exactly. Um,
0: when you're busy with your kids, you're busy with your life. That was that was exactly the point.
1: We're mm-hmm. all
0: busy taking care of our family, taking care of our kids. And then you look up and you're, you know, ready for retirement and haven't started yet.
1: And right. It's the shocking thing that got me. Yes, running. I know, but it doesn't have to be that hard. I think that's people right. make it so intimidating, right? Like our industry, I feel like, has a vested interest in making other people feel like they can't figure this stuff out. Right. Because, or else, if, if everybody understood how to do it in a simple, straightforward way, then who would, you know, how could we charge our big fees anymore? Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly i
0: mean, I mean it's and an, an intimidation that you know you're stupid and you know yes. you me because i'm so smart and it's so disempowering that people run from that unconsciously yeah and, right
1: yeah right. i totally agree and and that's that is something that it that it has always been my mission and will continue to be to really help people get rid of that intimidation factor because it doesn't, at the end of the day, it actually, as long as your plan is set up well, right from the beginning, it shouldn't take you that long to maintain it every year. You know, you don't have to make that many decisions. You have some review to do, but what I love to do is really help people understand that it is, this isn't like the biggest rocket sciencey thing and of yeah. course different people have different layers of complexity right like if you have someone who's running a 20 million dollar a year business they're going to have a different need than everybody else what what i what really gets to me is when is when these like sort of you know it's usually a life insurance person sometimes it's a real estate person but they try to say oh rich people use this tactic so you should use it too and it's like oh, no no, this no, is not a one fits size, fits size fits all, right. Right? <laughs> right? No. And it's custom.
0: You got a custom design because everybody's got Yes, it.
1: right. And totally different.
0: And it's an uncon- you know, unconventional money wisdom, right? I call it like mindful money approach. Mm, yes, right? that's great. And be more conscious, like, because people are unconscious, even people that live paycheck to paycheck. I said, just like take, you know, keep all your receipts for a month and then add them up, right? It's very simple. And you have your discretionary and non-discretionary, right? You'll find money. Imagine that. Then you take that and you put it in your DNT account. What's that? Do not touch. I mean, basic savings. Now I love right. this, but I was taught this is my daddy taught me this. So it was, I was inherited it. But most people don't have that kind of a beautiful daddy that teaches that maybe they have something else. So, yeah, you know, and that and so it isn't that I'm better. It's just I got that when I was younger. And so, I mean, even if I was a multimillionaire, there's a certain consciousness that you
1: get. Yes. Right? Yeah. You need it. You know, what? that's the thing if you're low middle income, or if you're a multimillionaire, you need the same basic skills and understanding and knowledge. Right. But I want to go back to your non-discretionary versus discretionary, because okay. I think yeah. this is something that pip, that like sort of trips people up, right? Because when we think of non-discretionary, we think of like food, clothing, shelter, right? <laughs> and yeah, right. And, the, and those categories, like, first of all, there can be a ton of discretion in all those categories. And I'd even argue that in today's day and age, clothing, while it is non-discretionary because you have to have it, most of us have enough where we could go on, you know, probably a year or two without buying anything, (laughs) right? With with just like, and I'm not buying anything. So, but I do think that know, this is another one of those, like there is no one size fits all. If you're going through your expenses and there's something someone else might consider it discretionary, but if it's non-discretionary, if it's like essential for your quality of life and you absolutely need it, then, you know, maybe it doesn't necessarily, you maybe you don't have to feel guilty about that is what I'm saying. So, because I just think, again, there's so much shame and guilt and I am not a big like, we're not going to try to do the Dave Ramsey rice and beans no. thing because, mm-hmm. you, because it's too depriving. You know, you don't, you have to have that balance between your joy today and your right. saving for the future. Right.
0: And I don't really agree with it. And then you pay your house off and then you don't have any money to, that you've saved because <laughs> you put it all in the house and then the right. house crashes or goes down in value. And, but you have nothing to invest. Anyway, yeah, everybody's got little pieces. I haven't, you know, really found anybody that has the whole package. So that's the beautiful thing about learning and staying open and listening to shows like this. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends, right? <laughs> because that's how we get the word out. And yes. this, is, this is our, this is our media and this is how we can help people break free from what is it? Financial stress. <laughs>
1: Yes, financial stress and and most of us are living with it. You know, I think that right now, we have never had a higher percentage of Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck than we do right now mm-hmm. and wow. That's and this is something. yeah it really is the credit card debt has never been higher, so right. And interest rates aren't going down on those credit cards either. so so, w- as a whole society, we are really struggling financially right now. And you know, and it's not it there it is not all personal responsibility. There is a very difficult system and and sort of powers that be that are working right. That are not making it easy for average Americans, right. um, but it doesn't mean that you're totally disempowered either. So, right. like you, there are things that you can do. You can't control the system, but you sure can control yourself. That's right.
0: That's right. And I kind of see, you know, this chaos going on, but you can still prosper inside of it. And, yes. And you just have to manage to, but it. But you know, I heard one the other day. It was shocking. Half of baby boomers, right? don't even have a savings, right? They're, that's mm. retirement age, boomers, or past retirement age, right? Third, fourth quarter life, no
1: savings. It, it, I right? mean, it, we're just, we were, we were not prepared. You know, when, the, when Social Security first came to fruition, the average life expectancy for men was 59 and the average life expectancy for women was 62. Hmm. So you weren't even expected to live long enough to ever take your social security, <laughs> yes. you know? But now, and you weren't expected to live but a few years into your retirement. So you were right. really working your the entirety of your adult life. Right. But now our life expectancy has increased by 20 years from that time. And people are still having the same expectation about when they're gonna stop earning income which is, you know, 60, maybe 65. But I think that, and you can probably speak to this too, Chris, that that we maybe need to really rethink the way that we earn over time. You know, like right. like maybe a little bit earlier, maybe when you're in your fifties, you need to start thinking about what your encore career is gonna be. You need to start That's thinking exactly about maybe exactly
0: right. That's exactly
1: maybe you're gonna make a little bit of money here and there to supplement, you know, your social security or maybe a little pension that you have coming in. And you know, and people poo-poo the government quite a bit, but you know, if you work for the federal government for a long time and you have a nice salary at the end, you get your nice pension. And you get your nice social security on top of it. It's a very secure way to go, but there's hardly any places like that anymore. But the baby boomers grew up in a time when that was the expectation, right? That you would work for a company and they would take care of you. And then they've now retired into a time when that is completely not the case. And so I can see why it's very difficult. And most people take their social security early at 62. They don't um, even
0: realize that if they wait until 70, they get 30% more and they figure out their income streams and they're just not taught. But right. to, to what you said, that's, and I didn't, it's not that I'm so smart, but when I was about 55 and I was in that middle transition, yeah, I started looking at, like, okay, I have a very successful business. And I looked at, well, you know, you can only drink one cup of coffee at a time or whatever, tea. And then now how can I give back? How can I take my business and turn it into something that I can contribute and help people? So not only am I going to have, you know, I'm working retired, but I'm going to have something that's going to give me a living legacy. So I'm really a big... Than of living my legacy, not waiting to, you know, I pass on and then leave it, which I will, but I'm going to live it. So I've created a conscious giving council. I'm working on it like it's like a mastermind of people that have been successful that can join like minds and change the world with with the wealth and the blessings that we've been given.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. And that's inspiring because that, you know, if you have a passion and a joy that gets you up in the morning every day. And that's like money, right? That's like, that's the fuel that, that keeps you going. And then, and you'd be surprised if you think like that. I've watched people that have done that and their businesses skyrocket because they weren't so much about their self
1: themselves. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're a person who's interested in having a purpose and, I hope most people are like that. Some people yeah. are in complete places where they can't, right. but you know, your purpose has to be about helping others in some way. You know, it right. can't be a purpose is not selfish, you know, inherently right. it's just not. So, yeah. so if you can do what you did and what I do, cause this is absolutely what I love to do. It's my one gift I think that I can give and it, You wake up every morning looking forward to who you can help that day, you know, who you can collaborate with, who you can teach. And it makes life this short little silly time that we have on this planet just feel so much more meaningful because at the end of the day, you know, all we have is your own short life and this moment. And so, so... So it it really it's it is so important to you know again I'm not advocating living as if you're going to die tomorrow right but but you know uh, so many people go through decades asleep and then finally one day they wake up and they're Oops. they they look back like what the hell did I do with my right. life you know um, That's not fun no no no, no. so um, it's full circle back to yeah. saving for the future but not
0: sacrificing the present so enjoying where you're at. But being mindful of, okay, and if you don't know, then you take the time to learn, which reminds me, I think you have a book
1: that you're work, working on, or it's coming out soon? Or I do. I'm really excited about it. So I took all of my years of working with clients one-on-one and consolidated all of my teachings and all of those sort of most common questions that you get over and over. Did you have this in Chris in your practice where it was just like people came in, they had the same sort of life experience. They had the same questions and you're like, wait, hang on, didn't we already talk about this? Oh no, that was my client from two weeks ago. Right. So I've taken all of that and broken it down into really digestible short chapters that cover all of the areas of personal finance. So mindset, budgeting, cash flow, estate planning, insurance, taxes. Taxes are huge. And the more that you understand taxes, the better you will do with your money. A lot of times I like to say that I can't create investment alpha very easily, meaning that I can't beat benchmarks and There's just not any evidence to say that I can or that anybody else can. But what we can do is create tax alpha, meaning that we can save on taxes in a way that makes your longer term financial outcome way better than it would have been before. So I talk a lot about tax and I do talk a lot about investing in there. And and so all of those areas come together kind of holistically. and, And the whole book is illustrated so that all the financial planning concepts have these really great... Kind of anthropomorphic animals doing the different things that you would do as a regular person. So, yes. um, so it's really neat. I, I designed it for middle income Americans, people who can't afford a fee only fiduciary financial advisor, you know, or or people who just aren't. Who aren't at that space yet to feel like they need one, but it really tells you everything you need and nothing you don't, and it's not dry or boring. You're
0: not um, dry or boring. Oh, right. <laughs> well, you're I know. Not dry or boring. That's for sure, Laura. You're, oh, thanks, Chris. Neither are you. You're a sparkle. <laughs> Tell everybody how they can connect with you and find out more about your book and and what you got going on.
1: Great. You can always find me at financiallab.us and my book is there. And also if you ever want to just contact me, book a call, my contact page is always open.
0: All right. Well, I think we're talking about financial success, but the success is, is really present. Really. It isn't about how much money you have. I'll just say that. I mean, you know, I mean, I have, A lot of stories, right? And multi-millions or or homelessness. It really is the joy in your heart first. Yes. And and that's really real. And and there's something that when you're in that state, it will magnetize the other money and those things to you, because you're in the right state, don't you think?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can't everything begins with a thought. Right. And you know, what I always say is that if we have negative thoughts, those negative thoughts over time can balloon into very negative outcomes, right? But if we have positive thoughts and positive decisions, even small positive decisions can balloon into very large positive outcomes over time. So it is important to watch what we think.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes people are so distressed that they don't know how to get out of those negative thoughts. And you can't, I'm going to be positive, but you can't, you know, sometimes... I have a little trick. It's not a trick. It's a gift.
1: Oh, I want to hear the trick.
0: Well, it's you probably know it already. It's a gift that's given to me, but it's like a trim tab. Okay. Before I, when I get up in the morning, I think of five things I'm grateful for. Okay. Before I hit my feet on the floor and thank God for everything. I'm just like, I have good health. I have a great business. I have friends and family, you know, whatever I'm grateful for. If you can't find anything, you're breathing, right? You, have, you hopefully have a bed and a house and food. You get real basic. Pretty soon, you're like, you know, you're looking around like, wow, thank you for, you know, my cool house, right, or whatever it is, or my friends. And then I do that before I go to sleep too. And it was kind of hard at first because I was going through stuff in my brain. And then now it's just. All day long when I like, ar, I was like, well, I'm grateful that that challenge is happening because it's making me really look a little bit more inside. Yes. Myself, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just exactly. like a
0: tripod. It's a mm-hmm. button you push. Gratitude is the attitude that gives you the latitude to rise above all the, the fumes of the chaos. Right.
1: Yes. <laughs> Oh, Laura, it's been so fun talking to you. Oh, so fun talking with you, Chris. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to you for having me on.
0: You're a real joy and I I appreciate you. And maybe we'll weave your book into our financial literacy movement so that people are empowered. Right? Yay! Yay! Yes, that's the goal. All right. Then they won't have money, 911. It'll be money, healthy and happy forever. All right. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Thanks.
0: There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismiller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money911. So you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.